Hi friend, I'm Rick Pasquale. I know God has a word for you today. As you listen, let God speak to you. He loves you and he has a great plan for your life. Now join us live for our service. what we're going to do now, you, you think, how is God going to set us up? I'm thinking about Jericho for July, a year from now. How is it going to be set up that we're ready for that? Well, we just come out of an amazing month where we talked about miracles and, you know, the place of Capernaum and the man that was a paralytic came down through the roof by his friends and he was able to walk. He picked up his mat, and man, you should have seen all the feedback from me taking that mat and acting like I was going to hit somebody. I mean, Facebook and live stream, all the things and the comments from people all over the world said, I wish you would have hit him. That was great that you would exercise that kind of faith that we can walk out with our mats. All the comments. That was, it was awesome. So we get out of the, the man being healed and we walked into today. Huh. Now we're about to possess, possess the promised land. And all of a sudden there's a wall. All of a sudden there's this huge city right in front of our face. You know, um, a church goes through journeys and people are a part of our journey um, unfortunately in our church because of the many people that are diplomats and work for the government agencies um, people stay a period of time um, I as the pastor never when I see somebody on stage or see what they're doing in the church and they say pastor my time is up I say oh no and God has an amazing way of putting somebody else in that spot. I, I don't ever know how it works out, but today, you know, we're going to say goodbye to a few people. And, and, and I'm sitting there in my chair saying, oh, Lord, how are we going to, get, how are we going to replace that person? And how are we going to replace that person? And, and um, so today, uh, there are a few people um, that I want to say goodbye to. So if you'll just come and, and stand here with me, I'm going to pray for you and Jackie and Ben and Ernest, if you'll join me, and, and Nasha and Anwen. Um, I want to say thank you to Miss Debbie. Come, come stand right here. And uh, she's one of our U.S. Um, MAPS workers that come for a period of time. This is her second journey to Rome, and as you can see what she does with our, you know, drama department and our stage department with all those props that have been up on our stage, the, the tomb and the river and all the cool things she has built. Thank you. And those sewing classes for the ladies, God bless you. Uh, Debbie, I, I saw you today. You've got a big job to do. Now you're in charge. Um, but you can do it wherever Debbie just went. Maybe she didn't exit. Um, and then, um, but thank you. Thank you from ICF Rome. Thank you for uh, serving. Um, Carolyn, dear Lord. Um, you know, God gives you uh, people and this was, to me, a shy young adult that God placed in Rome, and, um, and we found a chair on the bus. That's our principle of teaching here that everybody serves, and somehow this shy young lady came in to do what she does on our stage every week, and I sit there, and I am amazed of how God has used you, and uh, you've encouraged our young adults. You've encouraged our church. And your uh, enthusiasm for this house and work, um, our, our people are forever uh, grateful. She's taking a, a promotion, and she is going to Jordan uh, to serve. 
And um, so you can still keep track of her, and uh, she promises to return when our new facility is up and running, okay? <laughs> and uh, she, she's only on a two-year assignment, and then hopefully I can get her back in Rome. Um, Jackie, you are a miracle, and we know the answer to prayer that God has brought you to our church. I sure wish Pastor Jen would have been here today um, to greet all of you ladies, but uh, thank you for your service, and she's been a great part of our hosting team, and, and your kids have just jumped in there, and it's, it's been awesome having you in our church. And Miss, oh, my goodness, you're all dressed up there there and look awesome. Uh, but uh, church, is there anyone else that uh, you were skeptical? Okay, Yannicka, get yourself up here. Uh, one of our worship team people and uh, you're going back to Finland or where are you going? Finland? Okay. I'm, I'm sad on her too, but so I need more singers. I need more stage up front people. I, got, I need more workers in the uh, hosting people back there, and I need more drama people. So it's time for you, some of you to step up, all right? And uh, I mean it. <laughs> uh, leaders, would you please place your hands on them, and um, would you all place your hands forward, and let's say some prayers of blessings on them today. Would you do that, please? Lord, we're grateful for these choice servants. You brought them to Rome for such a time as this, and Lord, they have been very engaged in serving not only you, Lord, but the people of ICF Rome. Thank you, Lord. God, I pray you'll take care of them, meet every need of their life, bless them, go before them, prepare the way. God, wherever they go, God, will you make sure they're all good. God, I thank you for the next number of months in each of their lives that you will make sure that God... Their housing is good, their job is good, their, their family is good. Will you just take care of that, I pray. And that, God, they'll look back on their time in Rome and say, truly, your hand has been upon me, and we have been blessed by the ministry here. Thank you, Lord. And as leaders, we place our hands upon them to say to you, O Lord, we bless them in the name of the Father, name of the Son, and name of the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. And please do not exit today without please greeting me here in the front. Um, you know, when a church like this has been in existence for 31 years, there's only been three pastors in 31 years uh, in just a few weeks, we will finish our fifth year, and, and we are just in the, we're about to step across the Jordan and into Canaan and to purchase new, this new building. We're right there. And um, I just wanted to show you uh, what you've done in just a few months. So this has been our campaign to raise uh, as uh, Nasha said it, 250,000 euro, and we just crossed over in our giving, which is the red part, 30, in three months' time, 30,318 euro given by you guys. To me, that's amazing, and I applaud you. Give yourself a hand for such a great job. And um, 60,120 euro is the commitment from you guys so far. So we got, of your commitments, we've, we need 30,000 more by the end of the year. But we got a long way to get to that 250,000. So if some of you have not participated yet, we're, we feel it's our moment, our time to quit renting and start buying. Okay, now any business people in this room, you'd be nodding your head like that. Okay, rent is not a good thing. <laughs> you can only do it for so long, but for 31 years, that's too long. Okay, my business brain says we could have bought a couple bu buildings in 31 years. Seriously. So I think it's time for us to, to, 
to buy. And so our campaign to raise those funds, it's, the cards are in the back. It's marked Legacy, and it's what we're going to leave for those of you that are leaving, thank you. Many of you are very generous in your giving. Um, and, um, and all of you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you um, for that. As you know, um, Pastor Jen is not here, the leader of this ship and uh, co-leader of this ship. She keeps reminding me. Um, but she has a word for you today. So I want you to uh, see uh, Titan. Would you do that? Jen with our number eight, the great Titan. I'm so thankful to be here with this number eight grandson, daughter, and family are doing well. I pray that today you remember that this is where amazing happens. This is a miracle, and God has a miracle for you. Love you. Huh. So... All of that is done. Now we get to the word. Joshua chapter 6, verse number 15. You know, for the next number of weeks, uh, Tuesday I get to go see Titan myself, and um, I can't wait to pick him up in my arms and say, yay, <laughs> and uh, bless him, and I, I can't wait to do that. And um, so this entire month is the whole series on Jericho. And normally, um, in my way I write my sermons, I usually end with the ending. That's a good way to end. When you have a Bible passage, you know, um, on the paralytic man, we didn't end with the miracle. We, uh, I mean, we didn't start with the miracle. We ended with the miracle. Well, I decided... Since I'm the pastor, we're going to start with the shout. Carolyn had no idea that the title of my message today was shout. And for her to get up here publicly and start encouraging to clap and shout before the Lord, that was a God thing. Hopefully before the end of this message, you will realize how important it is to shout before the Lord. Joshua chapter 6, verse number 15. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city the seven times. The seventh time around, when the priests sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout! For the Lord has given you the city. Father, help us now to receive your word. Help us, O oh God, as people to realize that you have given us the power and authority to see victory in our lives. Some of us, O oh Lord, haven't gotten to that promise yet. Some of us haven't figured out how the Jericho walls come down. Some of us have lived in... In, in, in hurt and pain and depression, discouragement, way too long. And I pray for victory in their lives today. I pray that the walls will come down in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Last year, we talked about champions and how that they rise. And that was our theme for the whole year and how... People in the Bible rose up to be the champion God has intended for him or her to be. Joshua was that champion. Joshua was one of those guys in that listing last year that we chose to spend some time with so that you could understand who he was. And I want you to know, my friend, that God has placed within each of your lives the ability to be a champion. No one believes that? Don't you want to be a champion? Okay, now wait a minute. What happened to my church? <laughs> I want to be a champion. I don't, I don't want to be a loser. I want to be a winner. 
I don't want to be the tail. I want to be the head. I want to be victorious in what I do in my life. I want to look back and say, man, I was a failure. I don't want that. Success and victory and blessing comes from God. And Joshua was put in that place to say, okay, I'm going to demonstrate what happens when you obey God. See, I believe this is where amazing happens. This is our theme for this year. This is where amazing happens. This place of amazement this month is going to be Jericho. The Israelites had just come out of 40 years of walking in a desert. That's a long time. That's an entire generation of people. Can you imagine? Some of you would would have been ticked off after one week because of your patience level. How many are really patient and 40 years would not have given you any problem just walk around for 40 years? Not one person. How many of you had probably been ready to do something after one week? How many would have done for one month? You're okay for a month. How many are not going to raise your hand no matter what a number I say? (laughs) Well, look at your neighbor and say, to your neighbor, you're not patient. Okay, now, how many of the neighbors said, I agree? (laughs) See, nobody's going to obey, are you? Nobody's going to admit. The thing is, God knows. Which one of you are so patient? But can you imagine 40 years of walking around? I mean, if you look at the map, they could have done it in a short period of time about a week or less. I mean, to move a million people, that's going to take a little bit of time. But they didn't need 40 years. 40 years? That's a long time. For some of you, 40 days is a long time, yet alone 40 years. I, I, I think about the promise The promise is going to go, you're going to get out of Egypt, out of bondage, out of slavery. My context here is you're going to get out of sin, you're going to get out of the bad, you're going to get out of the messed up life, and you're going to take some new steps into freedom. But for some reason, you think that's the end of the journey. And you stop the cycle of moving towards God, moving towards his promises, moving towards his freedom that he has in your life, and you kind of just wander around. I mean, come on. New creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are gone. New things are coming. You've got many new things that can come in your life. Many new blessings. Matter of fact, the Bible says they're new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. You think God is running out of faithfulness? You think God is running out of blessings? You think God is running out of his favor upon your life? No, he's not. And Joshua demonstrates, the children of Israel demonstrate to us God had promised Canaan, and now they're about to step over. You know about the spies. You know the story. (laughs) You know, they sent these 12 spies over, and 10 of them came back and said, it's all bad. (laughs) Two come back and say, it's all good. Now, in a democratic society, we would have voted, it's all bad. Ten say no, two say yes. Now, we know the end of the story, so it would have been easy to say, okay, I already know what the Bible says, so I'm I'm moving forward. The victory is going to be mine. But a lot of people live their lives. What did everybody else say? What did those that went before me, what did they see? I see grasshoppers, huge. 
I see walled cities. There's no way. I see armies that are magnificent. We can't go to Canaan. Let's just stay in the wilderness. And that's how people live their lives. Because we leave out probably the best component to that, that God is on our side. So I have two points for you today. So what's the first one? If we're going to trust God, we got to obey. Obedience to the direction. You know, when you you think about the direction that God gave this entire army, he said, look, here's Jericho. Here's this massive walled city. So wide are the walls that there were houses on top of the walls and the chariots ran around on top of the walls. That's big. If it's that big and you got to take that wall down, you got to figure out how am I going to get through that wall? So here's this mighty army. And the direction is go to Jericho. Now this is what I want you to do. I want you to take that mighty army and I want you to march around it seven days. And don't do nothing. Most of you would have said, uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm going to help God out here. Right? I, I can figure something out. But can you imagine the journey around that? Most theologians believe that it was at least one mile in the hot sun marching a massive army around a city. Now when you think about it from that perspective, here's an army that is trained to fight and they're told to obey and march. Now, just think about how much you walk in this city. On a daily basis, it's a few miles per day. Some days, Pastor Jen and I look at our phones and we have hit five miles. And we've hit six miles, not by exercising, because you can't drive. We got cars and stuff. We, you got to walk to a lot of places. But can you imagine having the ability to fight and you're told to shout? What? God didn't just tell them part of it. He told them all of it. See, God's probably already telling you where you're going and what you're doing because he trusts you. Now, when are you going to get there? In God's timing. Okay? In God's timing, not your timing. So God says to them, I want you to not attack. But on that seventh day, on the seventh time around, I want you to shout. Now, to me... It is God that's directing. You must go because he has a plan for your life. Remember what we quote a lot around here. God knows the plans he has for you. Declares the Lord. He says it. I got a plan for your life. Some of you are still wandering around saying, I wonder what I'm supposed to do. I wonder what I'm supposed to do. I wonder what I'm supposed to do. Obey God. It's not that complicated. He will direct your paths. He will show you what to do. But he'll show you when to do it. If you obey the Lord, it is in his hands. You didn't get that, did you? In other words, if we step, and it's God's will and God's direction, if we step to go to Jordan, and it's God's will and God's direction, then the outcome is up to God. Because she is in God's will. 
Those of you that have come to Rome and you're moved here for a period of time, if you're in God's hand and it was God's will, then God is going to take care of you. Hello? I don't know about you, but I want God taking care of me. And if God will take care of me, he'll take care of every aspect of me. He has promised to go before you. It's his promise. I'll go before you. So if God is going before us, that means he's preparing the way for you. I like that. But the opposite is true. If you go and God is not telling you to go, then it's in your hands. So let's just ask the question. How many of you have ever disobeyed God? Now, wait a minute. We don't have liars in this church. No liars in this church. That won't be good for a church. Okay? So let's ask the question again because you were nervous. I got it. How many of you have ever in your whole life, let's make it sure it's long, in your whole life ever disobeyed God? Would you please raise your hand? Man, I still got liars in my church. Okay, put your hands down. What I'm trying to say to you, my friend, is if God's telling you to do something, then God's going to prepare you to go. God's going to go before you. God's going to protect you. God's going to provide for you. And the end result, which is always the blessings of God, is going to be upon you. So if I do it in his timing, at his place, even though the walls look big, the outcome is up to God. Hmm. His ways are not our ways. But we got to trust in God. We got to trust in his word. We have to trust in prayer. That's why prayer is so important. And we teach it so often. We have so many opportunities for prayer in our church. Prayer is important. Pastors can help guide you. Counselors can help guide you. But finally, the word comes to your heart and your spirit. And God will say, this is the way. Walk in it. This is the decision. Do it. When I was running from God, I um, was playing American football and, um, at university on scholarship, and I loved football. Not this football, this football. <laughs> difference, big difference. And, um, but I was going the opposite direction of the direction God had once placed in my life. And as I was running from God, I made terrible choices. See, when you're going the opposite direction of God, you'll start doing things that you said, I'll never do. And you think, how did I do that? Because you're not following God. You're following yourself. Yourself in the natural man does terrible things. I'm just telling you. And when I was running from God, I, I, I just realized things, things aren't the way I wanted them to be. I ended up at this church camp, and I listened to a guy by the name of Gary Lilly. That was his name. And he was preaching on the prodigal son and the, the guy that needs to come back. And in that message, I knew that was me. He was talking to me. And I got up out of my chair, the back of the church, that camp, big room. And I walked to the front of the room and I gave my life to Christ. Like thousands of people have done either online or here at our church in the last number of years. And I said to the preacher, what do I do now? Just like that. 
He says, I want you to go back to your cabin, and I want you to read First and Second Timothy. So I, I obeyed. Because I was a college kid that had, was not making good choices. And I, my life was spiraling out of control, but I gave my life to Christ that night. So I wanted to hear what I should do. So I, he said, go read First and Second Timothy. So I went back. And you know the Bible, it's not very long. And I'm a pretty smart guy, and I could read pretty fast. And so I read, Why are you laughing at that? And I read fast. And I went back to the guy. Didn't take me that long to read up, ran, ran back up. They were still praying at the altar, and, and stuff was happening. And, and so I said, hey, hey, come here. He, he said, what? I said, I didn't get nothing. He said, go read it again. I said, okay. I just obeyed. So I ran out, went back to my dorm, read it again. Didn't get nothing. Just some words. So I ran back. I didn't get nothing. I said, go read it again. I was... About 100% muscle. I was playing college ball. I mean, I was in tip-top condition. And this guy was a little short little guy, and he was telling me what to do. But I had asked. So I went back the third time. On the third time, in 2 Timothy 4.12, the Bible says, Antichicus, now have I sent you to Ephesus. That's what the Bible says. Antichicus Now have I sent you to Ephesus. When I read that portion of Scripture, kind of an insignificant portion of Scripture, it read, and Rick, now have I sent you to Southwestern. It was a university, a Bible school, a training school for pastors. So I ran back, and I told the preacher, I said, Pastor, come here. So I'm, I'm... Wait, I'm down here. He's up there. I said, hey. He told me this. And Rick, now have I sent you to Southwestern? I said, I don't know where Southwestern is. It ain't a major university in America. Not a football powerhouse. Is it? Where is it? He said, it's in Texas. It's in Texas. I live in Ohio. He said, did God tell you that? I said, yeah. He said, then I think you better go. Now, this was August. School started back then in America the first week of September. I had no application. I had no money. I just had the word that I was supposed to go to this university. Told my parents, this is what God said. Parents said, okay. My parents didn't have no money. So I drove my car to Texas, Dallas, Texas. Showed up, big building, was the registration area, had signs, registration. Walked in. Went to the registration line, started filling out papers, registering. First person said, here, fill this out. Second person said, yeah, it looks good. Third person says, "Um, you have to stand in this line. So I went over and stood in this line. Finished that line, then you have to sign up for your classes. I said, I don't know what classes I'm going to take. I just barely gave my life to Jesus. I don't know what's happening said, well, go talk to this person. So I went and talked to that person. Everybody telling me what to do. I'm not that kind of person. I like people telling me what to do, especially when I was 19 years of age. It's hard to tell 19-year-olds anything. They, they hear this and they hear it over here, and except for my young people in my church. They all listen. <laughs> and so what happened 
I got to finally, through all the classes, through all the paperwork, all the way down, and I went to the very last line and said, your bill will be so many thousand dollars. And I said, I don't have any money. I said, matter of fact, I'm sorry, I, I had $100. To me, that wasn't any money. <laughs> I was on full scholarship, everything was paid, da-da-da-da-da. And life was great for me. I took out $100 out, I said, I have $100. I said, well, you can't register for a university with $100. You can't pay this bill for $100. I said, who's in charge? So they brought the head of finance to there and said, sir, what's the problem? I said, well, they said I don't have no money. I said, I know I don't have no money. I said, why did you, well, tell me your story. I said, I was in Ohio, I was da 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 God told me, come to your school. He said, with no money? <laughs> I said, no money. I said, I'm telling you, God told me. Really? With no money. He took his arm, put it on top of my shoulder. He said, I believe you. I'm going to let you into this school. He said, you better figure out how you can pay this bill. I said, okay, thank you. Walked out of that room, walked down these big steps, made a right-hand turn because they'd give me a little ticket that said where my room was going to be. So I had a little ticket in my hand that said, Davis Hall, room number, whatever, whatever. I walked down the steps, turned right, walked like this. I was walking like this because my car was parked in a parking lot over here. And a guy walked out of a tree, walked behind, between two big trees. He just stepped out just like this. I almost hit the guy. It scared me to death. Remember, I'm just barely saved. I just had given my life to Christ. Somebody would have jumped out at me, I would have decked them. Scared me. He says, uh, you need a job? First words, it's not, hi, how you doing, what's your name, who's your daddy, nothing. Need a job. I said, yeah, I need a job. I just told this guy in there I'd pay for this college. He says, I got a job for you. He says, you know how to drive? I said, I got a Cadillac sitting over there, I know how to drive. He said, uh, you have black pants? I said, yeah, I got black pants. You have a white shirt? Yeah, I have a white shirt. He said, I'll pick you up at 6 o'clock right here. I showed up, black pants, white shirt. I went to a very, 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 very high-end restaurant in Dallas, and I was a car parker for my time a university, making hundreds and hundreds of dollars per night because of tips and things like that. And I paid every bill of all my school because that's how God works. Now, what would have happened if I didn't trust that that guy had told me, go read First and Second Timothy? What happened if I would not have obeyed that I heard from God and Rick, now have I sent you to Southwestern? What would have happened? I would have gone the opposite direction in my life. But I obeyed a small, tiny, insignificant word and I left and I left Ohio. I left my family. I left my friends. I left everybody. I went to a school that I knew no one. I came from affluence and stuff, and I went to nothing, saying, okay, God, I'm going to trust you, because if I'm going to follow you, then I'm going to trust you. That meant I would obey him. I'm telling you, friends, if you want to get to the victory, you have got to obey. Second, victory comes then with a shout. If we obey all the time, you're not going to see defeat. Write it down, Facebook it, throw it as the word of the week. You will not 
face defeat. If you obey God and his word, you will not be defeated because God will give you the victory. So 13 times these guys are marching around a city, probably ticked off. None of you have ever been ticked off, right? Marching around, just marching around, hot. Seventh day, seven times. Finally, on the seventh day, seventh time, Joshua says to this massive army, now shout. Wow. To me, that's incredible. He didn't say attack, or did he? He didn't say the words attack. He said the words shout. And the Bible says they shouted. When the trumpets sounded, the army shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. Joshua 6.20. They took the city. The Bible teaches us to shout to God, what's your name? think we have taught you now to obey. If I had not obeyed God when I was 19 years of age, I would not be standing in Rome, Italy 41 years later preaching to the world. I had to obey. And some of you are going to miss the opportunities God set up for you. Unless you start being obedient to God. And when you get to that place, do what he says. If it's time to shout, shout. Psalm 66.1 says, shout joyfully to God all the earth. It doesn't say, I'm giving you some options here. It says, shout. Psalm 47 verse 1. Oh, clap your hands. All peoples, shout to God. With a voice of triumph. You know, when you think about God, and you think about what he does, when you talk about the voice of joy, one translation says triumph. Psalm 100 verse 1 says, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Luke 17, 15 says, now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back glorifying God with a loud voice, praising God with a loud voice. That's a shout. Some of you received miracles last month. You received them here. You received them at your home. God answered some of your prayers that you've been praying for a long time. You sent the emails. You sent the text. You, you called. They, you, you came and told us. That's amazing. But God is saying after that is happening, you got to start shouting. Say, so, well, that's not my culture. Remember the rules in this house? Remember the rules in this house. We don't bring in our culture from our country. We bring in Jesus' culture. You don't get to go to heaven and say, okay, well, I'm from such and such a country, and we just don't do that. What? We're going to do, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Whether you feel like it, it's your background, it's what you've come from. It doesn't matter. God is asking you to do something. So when they started shouting, the walls came tumbling down. What happened? Their shout got, oh, oh, maybe I shouldn't shout so loud. Do you hear what I just said? I think their shout got louder. When you saw the walls coming and down, when you saw the cancer going away, when you saw the fear departing, when you saw the new job coming, when you saw your miracle happening, that's the time to keep shouting. Don't shout less, shout more. Hello? Shout more. So that I can see the walls come down in my life. In my family's life. You know, just because there's a wall doesn't mean it can't come down. Just because there's a Jericho doesn't mean God didn't already fulfill the promise. 
Think about the stories. Those Bible stories are in there for us. 40 years. How many of you have been wandering around and you don't need to raise your hand? Way too long. My feet are sore. It's time to take the land. Take back what the enemy's taken from you. Stand up. Get excited about life. Say, a pastor, I'm from my country. I don't, I'm so far gone. I don't know where I'm at. I don't like this food. I don't like walking here. I don't, blah, 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 blah. God sent you here. So it's our moment to say, okay, if God has sent me here, then that must mean God is already here. And I'm about to see the walls come down in my life. Every one of you in this room have something you could ask God for. Something you could say to God, God, would you please answer this prayer? God, will you please give me this miracle? But I'm telling you, God's asking you to obey. You don't just snap your fingers at God. You don't just say, oh yeah, God. No, 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 no. There's a reverence level for God. God is holy. God is just. God is fair. And we, his children, get to walk into the promises that he's already said. I don't walk defeated. I walk in victory. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what my bank account says. It doesn't that I've, uh, matter that I've got exams coming up. It doesn't matter. God is going before me. And if it's my time to shout, then I'm going to start shouting a little bit. And some of you, I'm telling you, if you'd start shouting, you'd start seeing some more victories in your life. Now text that one all over the world. If you'd start shouting, you say, well, pastor, I don't feel like shouting. Start feeling like it. What? Yeah, shout. Carolyn gave you opportunities. This worship team gave you opportunities. Shout. And I think there's a moment in the church, and we've come to that moment. Five years. We've come to that moment. I'm seeing things that I've never seen before. God is doing a new thing in our city, in our church. Around the world, you should hear the Facebook and the live stream comments of people, miraculous, supernatural things that God is doing all over the world because they watch that. There are people that are desperate, and you're watching today. I'm telling you, you've got to start shouting. If you will shout, the wall in your life will come tumbling down, and you will walk in and take your victory. <laughs> hear me, hear me. We got to get to a desperate place at this, this moment in our lives. Time is running out. Let's get going with God. It's our moment in the city. If you're here, you move to Rome. You're living and working in Rome, going to school in Rome. Let's be as ambassadors. Let's walk around with our heads held high. Let people realize you're child of the king. Let people realize that God is for you. Let God understand that he's got you in the right spot. Do it, friend. It's your moment. It's your moment. It's your moment. It's amazing how when I was writing this message this week, putting the finishing touches, the original writing of this, I did not have that story of Tychicus, South, Southwestern, Tychicus and Eastern. Ephesus. I didn't have that in there. When I reread on Thursday afternoon, I said, Lord, I'm going to put that in there. Because the Lord was tapping me on the shoulder. It says, you got to show the people that you've been through it. Most of you know the story about the tumor in my head. But not one of you probably ever heard that story now about how I got to school. Some of you may have no money. 
You don't have a hundred dollars, hundred euro. If God's telling you to do something, do it. Trust in God. He's the provider. I look back on my university days and say, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how that Stan Skipper stepped out of a tree not knowing who in the world I was and asked me if I needed a job. God wasn't going to just hand me the money. I was going to have to do something. Every day when I finished my studies, I drove to Dallas and I parked cars for people and paid my way through school. It's going to take some work, I'm just telling you. God's not going to give you a free road. It's going to take some walls. It's going to take some Jerichos. It's going to take some situations in your life that you have to simply say, okay, God, I'll go. I'll obey. And if you ask me to march, I'll march. If you ask me to shout, I'll shout. I'll do what you ask me to do, God. Today I'm asking you, friend, don't you want your walls to come down in your life? The Jerichos, whatever it may be, it's time. Maybe it's sin because you're going the wrong direction. Maybe you were like me, just flitting through life, thinking everything's going to work out. You find yourself saying, man, how did I get in this mess? No one is in this room or watching on live stream around the world by accident today. God sent you here. God helped you turn that computer on. Make a choice to choose God. Your life will never be the same. Would you bow your heads, please? Thank you for listening. I pray that you heard from God today. And today I want to say a prayer with you. You need to make sure Christ lives in your life. So would you please say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. And I pray right now that you will come into my heart and into my life. And from this day forward, for the rest of my life, I will live for you. The things I was doing that were sin, I'm going to stop doing. Because you've just changed my life. And I thank you, Lord, for answering this prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. I know that if you've said that prayer today, that you're going to have a life change. Things are going to be incredibly different for your life, and we'd love to help you. So if you would go to our website, icfrome.org, and make contact with us, I'd love to give you some information and get you connected to a church. Remember, God loves you, and He has a plan for your life. Bless you.